Sally and Danielle speak to Mary Thompson. She shares her perspective of learning of her husband Spencer's same-sex attraction and why they decided to share their story publicly. Mary processes things through writing and shares many experiences on her blog, which is available to read. Sally and Danielle echo the challenges that have existed at points in their marriages and personal experiences. Conversely, they talk to the healing that have come from those and how marriage is really a process of learning and growing together. Whenever troubles would arise in their marriage, Mary talks about how she would hold to her wedding day and the feeling she had then as a grounding point for herself. They each share that they are grateful for these personal challenges as those have ultimately shaped who these women have become. Mary talks about the importance of learning to allow herself to be happy and to have fun instead of living in anxiety. They also discuss how God can make us more than what we are without Him. Mary talks about the importance of learning to allow herself to be happy and to have fun instead of living in anxiety. They also discuss how God can make us more than we are without Him, comparing that to Mary and Spencer acquiring some caterpillars and watching them grow into butterflies. Mary closes by opening up about her personal challenge of longing to be desired and the journey that feeling has given her. All of that and more on today's Voices of Hope podcast. This is Danielle Mansfield, and I'm here with Sally Ferguson. And this episode of the Voices of Hope podcast, we are talking to Mary Thompson. So Mary, why don't we talk first just a little bit? um, I guess this won't apply in every podcast that we do, but I think it's fun to start out this way. But let's talk a little bit about how we know you. And I just to get started, I don't even remember when I met you, but I think it was close to 10 or 11 years ago. And I met your husband, Spencer first, Ty and I were living in Lubbock at the time. And we came up to do, or Ty came up to do some kind of a presentation in the Ogden area. And there was this really sweet guy who came up afterward, who had come specifically just to say, hi to listen to what Ty had to share and then also he came up to me and said he was so grateful for our story and for the work that Ty was doing and that was my first experience with Spencer he was just really genuine and really really kind that he had gone out of his way to come and see us while we were in town and to make sure that he expressed gratitude to me so I know I met you um, probably our next our next visit up or after we moved back, but it just feels like we have known each other through North star for close to a decade or maybe even more. Um, But you and Sally know each other separate from me. So why don't you guys talk about that? Sure. You want to go Sally? (laughs) (laughs) I'll just say I met, well, I met Danielle through the LDS living article that you and Ty wrote because you guys were like these stars to those of us who you guys are like the pilgrims, the pioneers of this to so many. And I I think I still have a copy. Oh, I was like sharing with people. I'm like, these people, (laughs) you know, this is us. Um, But I remember, I think I just held on to that. It was just like my little Bible. (laughs) And um, 
was so, so grateful for it. And I think I reached out to you on Facebook, Danielle, and I never heard back from you. And I was like, Oh no. (laughs) And now that I know you, I'm like, she is one busy lady. And I know you love me. It doesn't matter anymore. I'm just grateful we've gotten to become friends. But I just was like, Oh, I just need to reach out to her. And anyway, I've just loved you ever since just getting to know your bubbly, fun personality and just so fun. Anytime we get to see each other and chat and and I just barely met um, Sally at the last North Star conference. And it was just like best friends forever. <laughs> it was like, oh, I've always known you, but I never knew you. So yeah. it was just so fun to get to know you at the last conference and to just feel such a Well, connection. I have an even further connection from that because when I lived in Lubbock, I went, someone in our stake came up to me and we had just talked like somehow like, I'm not sure when, when did your voices of hope come out? Let's see. Izzy, my oldest was a baby. It was 2012. Oh, that's when she was born. Yeah. She okay. So ours job. came out in 2013. Okay. And so they were right next to each other. So our video came out and then someone came up to me and was like, oh, it was Laura Cope. Okay. My cute. She was a mistake. Um, and she companion. was like, Yes. And she was like, Oh, I think I know somebody who did voices of hope. That's so funny. And blah, blah, blah. And she was like, described you or whatever. And I knew exactly who she was talking about and, but we didn't know each other. And then Garrett and I got involved with voices of hope and working with Spencer. And if people don't know, Spencer is Mary's husband and he is the president of North star right now. And so that makes you the first lady. (laughs) (laughs) so anyway fast forward to the conference and yeah funny is like mary you're one of those people that i was like not worried about running to introduce myself to because i thought oh we'll be friends it's fine (laughs) and it just kind of seemed like that happened so but then yeah it did so (laughs) but i'm so excited to hear from you today because from my perspective, you didn't say a lot in your Voices of Hope video. And mm-hmm. there's not a lot of space where Mary talks a lot on the internet about things. But I feel like in person, you get to say a lot of things to people. And when someone talks to you, when I have talked to you, it's just this gold mine of just knowledge and inspiration. And I'm so excited for people to get to hear that from you. So oh, I, I agree. That was, that was my thought as well, Sally, when I reviewed Mary and Spencer's video was just Mary is a huge support to Spencer, but it was all, um, she was, uh, playing like a supporting role in her video. And I just think Mary is a leading lady. And so I would love to hear more of Mary's story around all of this and around Mary's experiences, Mary's testimony. And, um, so I'm super excited for us to get to chat today. Oh, thanks, you guys. You can make me cry because I, I feel that way too. In fact, when Spencer, thank you for building me up and making me feel confident in doing this because I do feel like, um, in fact, when I was getting ready to come on tonight, I just was thinking that Voices of Hope, just the name of it is so fitting because I feel like I just like want to share my voice so much, but I don't feel like there's always the outlet to share. So I'm just so grateful to be able to do this because I, um, I do, I just have so much inside of me. It just like is bursting. <laughs> um, so I, I hope that I can share what needs, needs to be shared. Um, so just take us back before you dive in, take us back yeah. just a little bit. Why did you guys do your video? 
Uh, that's a loaded okay. question. Tell okay. us whatever you want to share about like what has happened since you guys did the video. And actually, I don't know if you're okay with this, but maybe even a little further back Do we need because to say who Mary, Mary is? you have yeah, Mary, you <laughs> have the unique experience of so Sally and I both knew about our husband's same sex attraction before we married right. them. Right. And Mary, your story is different. So why don't you take us back and give us like the cliff notes version of how you and Spencer you know, just like how that, that happened for others who may not have seen your video or have heard that part of your story, maybe just a brief. Sure. Sure. Um, I don't know how far back you want me to go, but, um, to your birth. I'll, sure. I'll start with my birth. And actually that's part of who I am in my story. So actually I'll share a little bit of that. I'll just try to weave it into everything from leading up to the first time we did voices of hope and maybe a little bit after, and then just stop me if you want to like interrupt <laughs> Okay. And stop and ask a question about something. So I was actually born into a home of nine kids. I was second to last. And when I was 14 years old, my mom and sister died in a car accident. And that was like a really huge thing, you know. And so, you know, I never had done therapy or counseling or anything. But um, it's interesting because as Spencer and I have worked through different things. Um, I've kind of learned that both of us in our teenage years experienced a lot of loneliness because I was 14 and just entering high school, like two weeks away from entering high school. And there's just a lot of like inability to relate to my peers because you're out with your friends on the weekend and you're just having fun. But like inside I was just kind of broken, you know? And so, um, Anyway, so when Spencer and I talk about his loneliness through teenage years, I like relate in in so many ways beyond that. But um, that's just a little glimpse of me from birth. (laughs) (laughs) And interestingly, after I found out about Spencer, you know, he it was a huge shocker. It was so shocking and so difficult for me. And really, it's not a topic we ever grew up discussing or anything. I mean, my parents taught us to love all people. Both of my parents are converts to the church and we had, you know, a unique upbringing, but at the same time and loved all people, but there just wasn't not a lot of talk about this um, topic. And so in my mind, it was just like, Oh, well, if, if you're gay, like you're living the gay lifestyle, <laughs> like there's no, there was no other thing to me. And so there was just so many layers and levels of shock and hurt and, anger that I was dealing with. I couldn't even see Spencer, just so much hurt. And so within all that, Spencer began to do his own healing work and he really kind of compelled me to go and do it. And, um, I went grudgingly. (laughs) I was just kind of in the mindset of like, this is your, your thing to deal with. Uh, You know, I don't have any issues. This is your problem, you know? And, and, you know, it was a huge, um, piece of humble pie for me to, go and, um, he bought my flight. He bought my ticket to go to a healing therapy weekend that was held in California. And the minute I walked into this, they were playing a song and this song was the mission. It's just this instrumental music. I don't know if you guys have ever heard it. It's from like a movie. And that song was the same song. My sisters and I danced to at my mom and sister's funeral. We were all, we're all dancers. (laughs) 
And like, so the minute I walked in, just like a wave of the spirit just washed over me. And I just knew I was supposed to be there. And, um, there were multiple experiences I had there that were deeply healing for me that completely just changed me and still have. And so, um, one of those experiences that I had was just, it was like this vision of seeing us in this like future realm because right then and there, I was just in so much pain of the then and there. And I just had this moment, this process we were doing where I was able to just see us. And I mean, this was only nine months into marriage that I found out about this. And so, you know, I just thought that my life was coming to an end basically. And, um, but this vision just, I held on to it. And, you know, we were so close to the time we had gotten married and all the colors we had chosen were like golds and browns. And, and it was just this most, it was the perfect wedding day and just everything was golden. Like we did it in my backyard and we had these lights and the tablecloths were gold. And anyway, so I had this, like, I don't know if you call it a vision, but it was kind of a vision of us. And it was like us on our wedding day, but it was like this, um, I don't know how to describe it other than just like this picture of us in this like celestial realm. And we were in our wedding attire. Like I was in my, my wedding dress and it was kind of a unique wedding dress. It was like this golden, uh, ribbonette and um and then spencer and and we had like wheat as kind of like a theme in our wedding and um anyway so he had you know he and i were just there but it was just in this grand potential and i could just there was no word said it was just me and my potential and spencer and his potential and i could see it and i could feel it and it just changed me and it was just like that's us but it was us in the future. And it gave me so much to hold on to, and it still does. And I've had glimpses of it since then, as I've seen us kind of fulfilling our potential, as I see Spencer fulfilling this role in North Star and us being able to like go from a place of needing to heal and stepping into this role of helping others heal. And as we step into that, which is really what covenants are, right? It's like covenants bless us to bless others. I, I get those glimpses of that, of that moment. And it's in those moments that I like see Spencer in that, that I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I am married to him. Like there's plenty of the opposite of those moments, but like <laughs> I hold on to those and it's just such a beautiful thing. And that it started with that. And then so many other healing moments from that. And that's what gave me the courage and Spencer had done a similar type of thing um, we had both done that and it, it really changed us and helped us grow and connect to each other in such a deeper way so that when Ty approached Spencer about doing this Voices of Hope podcast, because I think we were one of the first 10 to do it. You mean, you mean the videos? <clears throat> the videos. Yes. Sorry. The back, videos. They, back in 2012. 12. Yes. So we yeah. had our, our first baby by then and we were, because I was kind of scared. We didn't have any kids before that. And I was nervous. Like, is our marriage going to work? I don't know. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know what was going on, but I remember specifically being on a a run one day and I just heard this, um, voice in my head. And it was just like, do not give, um, do not take counsel from your fears. And there's a talk by elder Bednar about it, but I was just like, okay, like I'm done 
giving into fear, like, as, you know, the fears of like, what if we start having kids and then we divorce or blah, blah, blah. You know, I didn't know I was so wrapped up in that, but it was just like, do not take counsel from your fears. So I just moved forward in faith, you know, the, the pioneers, <laughs> faith in every footstep. And I just moved forward. And then Ty approached Spencer and I was already like, had faith in Ty and Danielle. It's like, they were like, I always say, you're like the Joseph Smith and Emma of this work. And I'm like, okay, like, I'm just, I'm going to have a of the comparison. <laughs> I know it's, it's nobody's worthy of that comparison, but you know, we have to compare ourselves to, you know, these people are past we could say to the pioneers. people in the past to help us have faith in our future. But yeah. I had trust in, in you guys and in what you were all about. And when he approached Spencer, I was like, initially they, it was like Spencer approached me and was just like, Oh, you know, Ty Mansfield has asked me to be a part of these videos. They want to put faces to these voices. And so stop. I, at this point, had you told anybody? Nobody like, like outside our therapy groups, which were like very closed door. Right. Right. So, so church congregation, siblings, parents, nobody knows. No. Yeah. Like I said, it's like very line upon line. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Spencer comes to you with this and he's like, Hey. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> We're sitting in our living room and he was, he was like, you know, like he approached me about doing this video and it'd be on the internet. And, but like, you know, I, I, for him, I was like, yes, you should, you should yeah. do this. And then he's like, well, they want you to do it too. And at first I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> that changes things. But then like a, the spirit just washed over me and it just was like this, the Lord was just like, this is my work. And I was just like, okay, then I'm in, like, we have to do this. Like when the Lord says it's his work, we're all in, you know, and that's how we've followed everything line upon line, any work we've done with this, it's always been guided by the spirit. And there's things we have said no to, where we haven't felt the spirit guide, but that's the only thing we've been able to follow is, is that. So that was the beginning of the voices of hope. And then after we recorded that, and I had a lot boiling inside during that time. And I was actually hoping to share more in the video, but it was really apparent to me when we were recording that it, that Spencer really was the one that just needed to share his voice. Come from, so, from my perspective, um, honestly, I was like, oh, she doesn't like, I don't even know what she thinks about this because you didn't say a lot in the <laughs> which video. Which is too bad. Yeah, I had which a lot was to so say. bad. So when I finally like got to know you, I was like, Mary needs her own podcast. Like, thank you. <laughs> I will gladly do my own podcast. I started my own blog because growing up in a family of nine, like one of my stories is like, nobody listens to me. <laughs> and so I 100%. feel like I've always needed a, like a voice and I start, I love to write. And so I write my emotions. I have I've been a dancer. I dance my emotions, but like, yeah, I need to like, I, I want to say more. And so that's why I'm thanks for tonight. But, so the um, video really like threw you guys into this more. Yes. Yes. Okay. And that's when we told family. So we shared with Did our family. Did you tell family before, before the video went um, live or? Honestly, I can't remember if we told them before it went live, but we told them after we recorded it saying okay. this is going to be happening. So we, and it was a good way to tell our families. It was just kind of like, this is, so if you see this or hear this, we want you to know first. And it was kind of tricky. Cause we're like, well, we don't know who's going to see it. So we were like, maybe tell us if you share it with somebody. So we kind of know who knows. Cause it's kind of a scary thing. And then, you know, the more time went on, the more it's just like, eh, whatever, <laughs> like, yeah, because Spencer eventually shared it with our ward because he was meeting with our bishop, not to 
confess anything. He had nothing to confess. It was more just to build friendship and to share about his experience. And his bishop, our bishop finally is just like, I really want you to talk to our ward. And Spencer was just like, whoa, whoa. like that was really a big deal. But it was really amazing to, for him to share, not really focused on this, but more focused on um, Christ-like compassion. And then as this is a component of that. And that opened up a lot more too. And it was such a spirit filled meeting and it was wonderful, but you know, just little by little more and more, you know, people and some in our ward knew at that time, at that point in time and people, you know, slowly kind of find out. And at this point it's just, you know, and then Spencer wrote his article in the Liahona and I shared, shared that for the first time I've ever shared anything social media. That was wise. recent, right? Recent, yeah. Yeah. I have one too. I don't know when that's, coming but I'll just share thoughts here <laughs> so um but yeah so he I I will link that article and your voices of hope perfect yeah yeah that'll be great so um and I always have spin-offs of what Spencer shares so maybe I'll share a little bit of that too and you listeners won't be able to see this but if they look in the article they'll see it but so Spencer did this painting and he shared it in talks he's given for North Star but in the artwork of his painting, um, it's, he was doing some art therapy and it was all about like the, um, hard things, you know, the, the dark things and the art therapist, we were seeing a, a couple's therapist at the time. And she just was like, Spencer, you need to do some more therapy of your own. And so he started doing this and, um, in those session, in that session, he started getting blue paint to represent the darkness of, or just the pain really of, of some of his experiences. And, and then, you know, he expresses this a lot better in his article, but then, um, she's just like, what do you want to do with this? And immediately he thought of the savior. He's like, I want to give it to the savior. And so he got that yellow paint out. And as the paint from the blue and the yellow came together, it just created this green and for him that represented new life it represented change and growth but the more that he has shared that the more I'm just like that is the symbol of our marriage and so I actually for our 10-year anniversary I took his painting because I'm like I want your painting for a book because I love to write and so um I wrote him a book on our 10-year anniversary and it has 10 chapters in it um Maybe one day I'll publish it. That would be a dream. But it has um, just the meaning of what that painting is for me in our marriage and how we've taken the dark and the pain and on our knees to the Lord when it's been in the hardest of times and we just haven't known where else to go. And he has just always come through for us and led us and guided us to what we've needed. And we've grown and we've had to regrow through this process multiple times. And it's little by little that we've grown and changed and, and become together. And so, um, I love that in the book, I kind of write about that, um, Ben Platt song, the grow as we go. And so I love how that kind of goes with this painting of just like, we're just growing together as we go through all this. And, um, anyway, so that's kind of a little bit of the Which snapshot think, of sin, the, the, the first question you asked. I think you probably have similar thoughts, but I think for people who, I think there are a lot of assumptions made about a mixed orientation marriage, which is what we all three experience. Right. Yeah. And I feel weird using any sort of like labels, but yes. I guess, I guess that's how people can, it's just Spencer and right. Mary, but yes. if, you need, yeah. if you just need because to know what, what we're dealing with. They're like, well, if you're in this kind of marriage, this is what it's like. And I'm like, 
okay, there's just a lot of things that are not, people would be surprised at. But one of them is that, you know, I'm so grateful for the growing that this experience allows us. And it sounds like you as well, like the growing and the becoming of your marriage is actually what has put you in such a beautiful place now. Exactly. And will continue to, right? Yeah. No, it's so And that true. came from really dark blue areas, mm-hmm. right? For both mm-hmm. of you. That's yeah. really beautiful. So yeah, I completely agree. I think I've said this in a past podcast, but I think there's so much um there's so much beauty in this experience because it does in such a real way um cause you to be real with each other to talk openly with each other, to communicate better. And also, um, for you to look at what kind of healing you guys need as individuals, and then, um, to turn to the Lord and involve the Lord in all of this. It's so funny. Um, how you talked, I I know this is true for Sally. It sounds like this is true for you too, Mary, but we've all been to different healing weekends where we're going and we're experiencing therapeutic processes, um, you know, one after the other over the course of a weekend, just basically like intense therapy. And I think for most of us, um, anything having to do with our marriage would be a very small part of the weekend. Most of the weekend is about our own darkness, our own pain, our own, um, shame or hurt. And it's so interesting that had we not married, married these men who this is their experience. And so they've had to actively look at themselves and have lived these really intentional lives. I think I probably would have just been content to live an autopilot. Mm-hmm. And instead this has like taught me, like there's a better way to live with intention and to actually look at yourself and to seek healing and to seek the savior. And I am so grateful for that. Oh, that I think it 100%. elevates, it elevates us as individuals. I think of who I was 12 years ago when I got married and who I am now. And I'm so grateful for all of the growth. And so much of the growth has come because I married who I married and the things that we've learned together and, um, the kind of person he is that's helped me to look at myself, you know, more. And I think it elevates us as individuals and it also helps to elevate our marriages. And so I love to hear, um, what you and Spencer have done. And, and I think that's amazing that you created that book. And I just have to say, you are such an amazing individual, Mary, because you did a 10 chapter book. And I think I did a Facebook post. (laughs) 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 I love to write. It's my therapy guys. So I love it. But I was going to add on to what you're saying, Danielle, because I've been reminded of this the last couple of days. In fact, in the last 24 hours, you know, we, we go through cycles of marriage where it's just up and down still. And a lot of times these days, it's just marriage, normal marriage stuff. But, um, you know, there's times where we, I think, love and like better than others or things get on our nerves or little things like this or that. Um, but it's been interesting in the last 24 hours, I've had two different people come to me with just their deep struggle and just feel like even if one of them was in a public place and just being able to, and these are people I've known for years and just being able to share something they were really, really deeply struggling with. And I could just sit and cry with them. And I was, I called Spencer afterward and was just like, Spencer, I am so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for us. I'm so grateful for what we've been through because this is what 
life is all about. Like for somebody to come and just be able to lay their burden next to me and for me to be able to bear it with them joyfully, what a better like blessing in this life than to have that deeper connection. It's, it's deepened all of my connections more, just my friends, just people I just meet sometimes there's just like this human connection that's so deep and that's what we're all wired for. And I just feel like it allows me to just be free in so many ways. And, um, I just call him and I'm just like, Spencer, thank you. Thank you so much. And sometimes I just call him crying and it doesn't happen very often, but I just, I did it today. And I was just like, thank you because it's blessing me. And um, so I, I agree with what you said, Danielle. And, and that's one of the ways I feel like it has, deeply blessed my life. So I was just going to add that onto what you said. (laughs) Yeah. I also, I love what you said about your friendships are deeper even because I feel like, um, so Mary and I had the opportunity to go, um, to a girl's weekend just for fun, like not having to do with any kind of therapy, but it was a girl's weekend just for fun with a couple of other women who, um, whose husbands experienced same sex attraction. And, Um, I knew some of them better than others. And I'm sure that was the case with everyone who came. There were certain girls that you knew better than others and whatever. And when we showed up, it was just like, okay, this is a place to be real. I felt like it allows you to live more authentically. And there's not so much posturing that you find in so much of society where you're just like, this is who I am. And it was so refreshing to be with a, a group of women who were all just like, hey, I just show up as I am, you know, because a lot of us have done so much internal work and so much getting connected to who we are truly and what we feel and believe really versus feeling like, you know, to be honest, I just, I don't have, um, a lot of emotional energy anymore for a lot of the posturing, just because there's so much richness in the authenticity And I feel like going through all of these experiences has given us permission to live in that space so much more in all of our relationships. And I think the more we learn to do that with one another, it's kind of like the story of me like sharing with just therapy type settings. But then I, as we take that into the outer world, the more you do that, the more it allows others to be like, oh, like they're so like just free and can share and like we're all carrying burdens and when we're able to just in a in the right setting and in the right spirit just share and be with each other in that real way then I think we're really um offering a gift to others too in that way outside of just this you know little circle yes I love that that's so great um so mary okay guys i have all sorts of things to share what questions do you have? <laughs> well i would love to, why don't you just share some of the thoughts that you've had as you've been preparing to discuss because i have other questions but they're probably more related to recent stuff i'd love to hear some of your sure. thoughts because your last video it's so funny your last video was 10 years ago like your yeah. last interview was 10 yeah, years ago and i know for me like um when we did our LDS living story, our article, that also was, what was that? Was that? It was around the same time. Yeah. It was in two. Yeah. It was in 2012. Yeah. It was was 10 years ago. And so I feel like, um, the basic stuff that we said is all the same, but you look at yourself and there's so much growth that has Mm -hmm. taken place. So so I would love to hear, 
like perfect, perfect question. Kind of some All of the of things that happened in the, in the past decade. Okay, you feel good about that, Sally? Oh, well, I, my favorite thing an hour is, behind us. She's gonna fall no, asleep. No, I'm not. <laughs> my favorite thing to say is start talking and don't stop. Okay, perfect. I'll try to <laughs> let that flow. I'll when I want to catch flow. up with somebody, I'm like, tell me everything and don't stop talking. Oh, I just don't want to like not pause for things that you want to chime we'll, in for. We'll interrupt whatever. you. We're good at that. So Okay, okay yeah. perfect. Well, I can yeah. just share, share and chat. Um, okay, so from that question, yes, I think even five years into that, well, not into that, post that video. I remember going to a North Star conference and sharing my testimony at it. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I could do a whole new video. Like I wish I could because there's so much more I've learned and so much more that I've changed. And isn't that such a beautiful thing that we do that we're like continue to evolve and change. And, um, I think that's so hopeful in and of itself. Um, and that's really the purpose of why we're here on earth, to be honest. But I do remember saying in one of my testimonies, and I was pretty emotional at that time, but I was just like, this work is saving my soul because mm-hmm. I used to be so, not that I used to be, I still am so prideful, so judgmental. So, you know, just so full of like selfishness. And I mean, and I'm still full of it, but I'm just like, oh my goodness, it's saving me from my ignorance, from from all these things that I couldn't even see in myself. And that's actually one of the chapters I wrote in this little book. I wrote Spencer, it's called beams and moats. And I just am like, man, I have so many beams. And one of the things I was taught, you know, when I was in deep struggle, I think this was, it may have been even after our voices of hope video came out. I can't even remember, but we had a rough rough glitch we were going through and I was really angry about something and I was so mad I left the house and it was like Christmas time and I think I went to like Home Depot to look I was still like shopping for him for Christmas but I was super angry and I was like (laughs) I was just like I'm so mad at you but and one of his friends Pret you know you guys know Pret and Megan yeah um, awesome Pret he called me probably 20 times and every time I was like click, click. I am not talking to anybody. I'm so angry. I just want to hold on to my anger. And finally I was just like, ah, fine, I'll answer. And he talked to me and he just said, it was kind of another piece of humble pie for me. And he just said, because really truly my struggle, I struggle with pride, but I don't see it. You know, what you, you're the only one. We don't see it. We don't do that. Oh, but he just was like, Mary, this has always stuck with me. It's one of my big life lessons. He said, when you are pointing your fingers at somebody, you're, when you're pointing your finger at somebody, you always have three fingers pointing back at yourself. And he said that and something about it just hit me. And I was just like, you are right. Like, oh yeah, I have issues. I have struggle. I, it just reminded me to not... <laughs> point at Spencer. And just because his struggles are different than mine doesn't mean his are worse than mine. And I was making them so much worse. And I, it just was a really, um, I don't know if it was a stepping stone. (laughs) I was stumbling, stumbling over myself, but it helped me have something to hold on to, to pull myself up and repent. And so that was a huge change for me. And, um, I don't even know why I got started on that topic where I was going before that, but um, that was one of the stepping stones of helping. Oh yeah. Just helping me. One of those things that's saving my soul because it caused me to repent, to change, to like 
break off the chinks of, of pride around me that I needed to, to become softened and have more of a fleshy heart and not such a stony heart. Um, and so anyway, did you end up buying a present at Home Depot? I don't remember guys. <laughs> Spencer's one of his big love languages is gifts. It's not one of my big love languages, yeah. but, um, but yeah, I'm sure I got him something, hopefully yeah, something good. I think I actually did buy a toolbox and I, <laughs> I don't know if I use it more than he does, but you know, for it's in our basement. Tools, for all the tools that you learn in therapy. I wanted him something toolbox. really manly, you know, <laughs> perfect. I'm sure he was like, great. I was going to touch on two other things. One was, Whenever I would go through hard times, like before we got a lot of help, I would just always like open this like photo album I made of our wedding day. Cause I was like, I know it was like the perfect wedding day, like in not just in like everything, but just in the feeling of the peace that we had that day. And like, I would go look at the pictures and even so many people to this day are like, your wedding day was so like golden and, and had the neatest feeling and like... I would always like refer back to it so many times. And like I said, okay, so first of all, you got to know this about me. I am such a hopeless romantic. So I'm always like, God has a good (laughs) sense of humor to send the biggest hopeless romantic girl, like the guy with same-sex attraction. But (laughs) I've learned to laugh about it. I used to get so triggered by it because we'd watch chick flicks. I still sometimes get triggered by chick flicks. I started this whole Instagram account that I need to give some more attention to called Redefining Romance because I'm like, I'm going to redefine romance. I'm so sick of these world, the world's way of defining romance and we're going to do it our own way. But, um, but I have learned to, I I used to look back at these pictures and anyway, I I always wanted to get married in the spring. You know, we're just, I just such a girly girl and just like the way it had to be and so silly looking at it now, but we ended up getting married in the fall and it was great. We had, um, we had like wheat. I think I talked about that. It was just like a big symbol for our wedding. And it was so interesting. You guys, I've had these just little things along the way that God, you know, just those little tender mercies, those little divine signatures and, one of them was, so we got married in the end of September and we had all this wheat and everything. It was even on our invitation. And so a week later was general conference and this was 2009. So people can look this talk up if they want, but elder Bednar, if you remember, he gave a talk called, um, I can't remember the exact name. I think it's more diligent and concerned at home. Oh, yeah, and in that. it, in the talk, he talked about a painting of a wheat field that was in his office. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, we just had this wheat wedding. And um, anyway, it's kind of interesting because he talks about the painting and how he's talking about family life and um, how when you get, when you look at the painting close up, it just, it's all these messy brush strokes and it just looks so messy and it just looks um, muddy. And he's like, but when you stand back, you just see this, you know, see, see the bigger picture in this landscape of this gorgeous wheat field. And it was just such a timely thing, you know, right after our wedding, we had that, but I didn't know anything then. But then since then I've referred back to that talk and it was just such a personal tender mercy for me of just those messy moments that you just can't see the bigger picture. And, um, and along with that, I just, um, I feel like, you know, when you get married, you're sealed but as time goes on, I've been learning about like, I feel like I like to call it like how our marriage is more being welded. And like mm-hmm. when you weld something, it just has to be under the fire. And um, I have a note down here because I wrote about this too in one of my many writings. But um, I love this. 
You guys, oh, I forgot to add this. So I also, for one of our different anniversaries, you guys, I painted Spencer the wheat field. I took a painting class, an oil painting class. And I didn't want to buy it because it was really expensive. And I wanted to to learn how to paint, but I'll show you. Sorry, people won't get to see this, but maybe I can send it to you for the podcast. You painted that? Yes, it's in our living room. So I just printed a picture of the painting in his office. And then I was like, I'm going to paint that for Spencer because it had so much meaning to me. And so I was like, I'm going to paint this wheat field. It has such incredible symbolism for us. And I was just like, we get to harvest our labors, you know, because it's been yeah. a, a labor of love, our marriage. And I wrote a, a whole chapter in the book about that too. And anyway, but, um, but I wrote this, um, I wrote this different to add on to just the welding. I'm just going off on all these things. I hope this is okay. But You're good. Um, yes. Okay. Um, but so I wrote this, I, I, not the book, but the, I wrote, I write blogs all the time, just spiritual. It's kind of like a spiritual journal, but, um, so four years ago, I wrote a blog post on an Olympic marriage because it was the, what was four years ago? It was the winter Olympics in, I don't know where. Pyeongchang. Okay. So I was, it was, you know, February, we're in the Olympics again right now. It's 2022 and we're missing the ice skating right now. That's okay. But, um, Danielle and her, Sally and I are really sad about that. We're missing <laughs> ice skating. Watch the replay but tomorrow. It's okay. it's okay. We'll watch the replays, but, yeah. um, we're really big into the Olympics at our house. And I've just always had a love for the Olympics. My mom loved it. So it just kind of makes me feel connected to her. And it was my senior year of high school when the Olympics were in Salt Lake and, Anyway, so, so cool. the pre- so four years ago is when I wrote this blog post and I was just really inspired with the Olympics. And I just thought, oh my goodness, our marriages are like the Olympics. And so I wrote this whole post about an Olympic marriage. And I was like, you know, these athletes, they work so hard to really get skilled in their craft. And I was just like, that is our marriages. We have to work. We have to work at it. And all marriages do. And you hear that and you're just like, okay, but truly like, Ours are on steroids working on our marriages, but I really think they are. They're like, we're like going for the gold. (laughs) And I feel like um, there's a lot of symbolism in a celestial marriage. And you think of like, if you think of like, this might sound cheesy, but to me it was symbolic of like celestial, terrestrial, celestial. And the celestial is like the gold. And then you've got silver and bronze. And I'm like, there's enough gold for everyone if they want it. They just have to... And I'm not saying, you know, I hate, I love how Brad Wilcox said, we're not earning heaven. We're learning heaven. And that's what we're here doing. We're learning all these things. And anyway, I'm just like, yeah, gold medals for all of us. <laughs> so right. But if you think was, about it, like the people in the Olympics that win a gold medal, they do become experts in the field that they perform in. And it's not just that they have a bunch of talent, but they actually learned and have a deep knowledge base of what it takes to get there. Right. Yeah. And that yeah. took a lot of falls doesn't matter what gold medal athlete yes. you are, but it Thank took you. so many falls. Yes, right? so many fires. <laughs> and you could be a gold medal athlete and then this year fall again. So many right? falls. The the gold yes. So it's like, no, we're not like earning things. We're working and learning and growing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the theme that I keep hearing from you is this like growing process. It's yes. so beautiful. And we just keep cycling and cycling. Yeah. And, and I, I love- says, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I love that because I know when Ty and I were first married, I mean, Ty and I, like we butt heads. Sally's seen it. What? (laughs) We all do. We we don't. (laughs) Sally Sally and Garrett don't. Okay. Sally has witnessed Ty and Danielle butting heads um, in real life. But 
Um, we, when we were first married, we would butt heads and we would like get, I would get my feelings hurt. I was going to say we would get our feelings hurt. I would get my feelings hurt. <laughs> Ty has always been really like even and really level and just like, he gives me space to be like irrational, even though he doesn't love it. But we would butt heads. And then when we would resolve things, um, I remember in those early years saying, as we would like make up, like, oh, that was painful. But just think where we'll be in a few years as we continue to practice, we'll be able to resolve more quickly, you know, and we won't stay mad as long. And it's totally true. Mm -hmm. Like as I love like that idea of of an Olympic marriage where it's like you're always working. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we're striving for gold eventually to like get the gold or we can win it along the way. However you (laughs) want to look at the, at the analogy, but it really is. It's like an, um, like an Olympic athlete where you're just constantly working and you're getting better and better and better and better. And, um, yeah, so I just love, I love that visual because I know for me, that was something that we would, I would actually like, you know, on a meta level, I would actually like say, like, this is actually going to, you know, this was painful right. today, but just in a few years, we're going to be even better at resolving in a healthy way and happy yeah. and going through this more quickly. And yeah. I think that's, I that's what that we analogy. do. We One day we'll working. get to be commentators of the other people in the fire, <laughs> in the ring of fire. <laughs> we'll look at our children and we'll be like, here we have. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we'll be more wise. We'll be more wise. And that's something else I'm grateful for is. I feel like I'm being enabled to be such a wiser parent, right? And I'm so not perfect, but I feel like, yeah, thank you for the therapy I've had so I can help my kids through their Amen. stuff. And I, I still say so many prayers of like, help me with this child. I don't know what to do. Yeah, but yeah. I was going to say, along with the gold medal, I wrote this in the, I reprinted this, you guys, from four years ago so I could have it ready. But one thing I wrote is... um really, we are the metal, like we are the ones that become the metal. Right. And I, so going back to the welding, I wrote, um, uh, I said our, our marriage was sealed on September 25th, 2009. And it has been through many fires as we have sought the Lord time and time again. He has taught me that not only can our marriage be sealed, it can be welded for just as metal becomes welded through fire. So has our marriage. The interesting thing about welding is that welding is a way of tightly bonding two metals by melting them where they meet. I find it interesting that the metals must be melted through great heat in order for us to be bonded together. And the same has been for us. And then I just go on to say, like, you know, to to relate how the gold is who we is, what we become. And um, anyway, that's that's a little bit on on the Olympics, you guys. And the Olympic marriage. I love that, Mary. And I love like with the welding, it's like, not only are you melting two things, two metals together, but you're actually creating something totally new from these separate parts, you know, Mm -hmm. as they're one giant gold medal. (laughs) (laughs) It's true though. And, and that cannot be broken up. I mean, it's, it's, it's sealed, right? That's me. That's the welding is a powerful image for me. Um, And I was going to say, I wrote this quote, I wrote down too. Um, in that blog post, but it says the most important thing in the Olympic games is not to win, but to take part just as the most important thing in life is not the triumph, but the struggle. The essential thing is not to have conquered, but to have fought well. That's by Pierre de Coubertin. I don't know if I correct. I said that way, but said that right. (laughs) But um, I recently had the opportunity to meet I'm going to not say his name right. It's Nick Fujicic. 
Um, he's the man who was born without arms and legs. So if you've ever seen the butterfly circus, he's in that. And he, um, I just had a brief moment of getting to meet him, but if anybody listening wants to go watch the butterfly circus and hasn't, that is such an inspirational story for people who are in struggle because, um, in it, um, this man says to him without his arms and legs, cause he just kind of is hopeless at this point in time. But the man, you know, sees his potential even without mm. these limbs. But he says to him, this is like the best part of it. And I hope I don't ruin it for anybody that hasn't seen it, but he just says the greater the struggle, the more glorious, the triumph. And I just love it. I love that. And it always makes me cry at that part because I'm just like, we get struggle, you know, <laughs> our yeah. husbands get struggle. We get struggle. And, um, it just, anyway, that's something that gives me hope. So that's the, on Sunday, I, that's so funny. You said that because Sunday was fast and testimony meeting and for time purposes, I'm not going to explain what that is, but I I got up to share something because my son asked me to go up with him and I found myself, I was just like kind of blabbering. Sometimes I don't. I just kind of was talking. And at the end of it, I was like, I'm so grateful for the gospel. And I kept thinking like, say struggle. And I was like, why would I say struggle? And in this quick moment, it was just like, I'm so grateful for the struggle that the gospel brings in my life. And I was like, it sounded so weird, but it, I really felt like I was led by the spirit to say that because I am grateful for the struggle and wrestle with God. Right. Mm, Not necessarily about God, but the struggle that we're talking about of like, I'm grateful for this, the struggle that brings me to God. Yes. I love that. That actually, okay. There's another thing I was going to share. So that leads into, don't stop talking, Mary. I can, I can like, I want to say say something really quickly about that. I just have to say how perfect (laughs) that is so so perfect that you both um, just brought that up. Cause I was actually just talking to Ty earlier today about that. And I was just saying how I had commented to some other friends that, um, I, um, I, I didn't want to participate in the struggle anymore. And like the (laughs) struggle for me, like I wasn't even talking about like marriage. I mean, like marriage wasn't a struggle at all, but I was talking to Ty about like how I felt like I love the gospel. I have a very strong testimony of, um, the gospel and of Jesus as our savior. Like there's no issues there. I even went to the temple yesterday, but I just told him how like this morning I'm like, I don't want to read my scriptures and I don't want to say prayer. I want to go and watch a show and eat chocolate because I don't want to struggle. I don't want to do hard things anymore. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was so funny because as I was talking to Ty about it, um, I read some things from my patriarchal blessing and I just felt like, so like, okay, I can actually totally do the struggle again. (laughs) It's just, um, it is hard. Like life, life and yeah. actually striving for greatness and for goodness is a struggle. Like mm-hmm. whether you have same sex attraction or not, you know, whatever it is, just the call to excellence and the call to be better than you are is a struggle. And, mm-hmm. um, but it's like, it's such a worthy and noble struggle. So I am really grateful that you guys brought that up and reminded me and it's it's so perfect that like all this week these are things that have been on our mind about yeah power in the struggle yeah that's why we've had to wait what how many months to record this (laughs) (laughs) too many (laughs) 
But you know what? Both of you just said something that leads perfectly into something I've been thinking about since I first met Sally. I shared a little bit of this in some breakout session at the North Star Conference, but I want to elaborate a little bit more of it. The one we created. Because because it just keeps coming back to me over and over again. In fact, it was coming to me. One of the times... Oh, sorry. I was just saying, those are my favorite breakout sessions that we create for ourselves in the oh. hallway. <laughs> the ones that we have oh. in the hallway. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Those are yeah. good too. And those have purpose. Just like sometimes but you're saying church. this was in a real one. Were we in it together? This was in a, this was one of the voices of hope ones. I think I mentioned Oh, it. that's right. That's right. You were yeah. a guest. But I love those hallway um, breakouts too. Those are important. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Mary was actually on a panel at the North Star conference. Correct. Yeah. So I touched on this a little, but I wanted to share it more because it keeps coming back to me. And it actually is fortuitous because we're talking about covenants um, and come follow me right now. And it's funny because we've been actually, for those listening, have been trying to record this podcast like multiple times. So every week I've like fasted and like prepared like thoughts of what I should focus on. And a few weeks ago, it was like the creation. So I was like, okay, I'm going to talk about the creation of our marriage and how it had a big fall. You know, there's, there's the creation in the fall and like the atonement and how that all weaves into it. And I won't go into it tonight, but like next was like, um, I don't know, Noah, and I have, you know, so much, so many, I've written blog posts about like the symbolism of the rainbow and the covenant of the rainbow. And I could do a whole other podcast on that of thoughts I have on that. And then, but this one has has kept coming back to me and we're talking about covenants this week. So, um, one of the days we were going to do this podcast, I was out on a run and slipped and fell and hit my head when I was in the middle of like inspiration about this, but, um, (laughs) it's still there guys. I'm, I'm a little bit hard, hard in the head. I've got a dent in my head, but hopefully it comes out the way I intend. Um, she hasn't said it yet, but a Mary, Mary legit got a concussion. I did. (laughs) I was a little crazy for a little bit there, but I think, I think I'm okay now. If things don't make sense, then just forgive me. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so Danielle and Sally were just talking about struggle and Danielle's like, sometimes I just want to go sit on the couch and just, I'm so sick of things being hard. And, you know, it's interesting how in some therapy, we're like, we just need to feel our anger, feel our, all our emotions. But I think we oftentimes, Spencer and I have talked about this, we don't feel our joy because for, at least for Spencer and I, so much of our marriage has been hard, hard work, heavy, and we haven't mm-hmm. allowed ourselves to tap into the joy of like, when we just, like, I fell in love with Spencer because he just made me laugh, like, all the time. Like, I remember kind of just sometimes wanting to break up with him, you know, in and out of dating. And I'd just come home and I'd just start giggling myself to sleep. It's just funny things that would happen on our date or things he'd say. And one time a few years ago, we we had really worked through some, a lot. We kind of made a breakthrough. Like, after 10 years, I feel like we just had this breakthrough of, like, we are in a different place now. Like, yeah. In not only in a decade, but just in who we are. And we were driving to Disneyland, Spencer's favorite place in the whole world. He's turned me into a Disneyland lover. I didn't grow up with it, but we were driving out there and he's like, I don't even know. Like he was so excited, but he was like, can I feel this? Like excitement and happiness and joy of like something I love so much, you know? And I was just like, you know what? Yes. Like we need to work on fully experiencing our joy more because yeah. And I've just been working on that. It was one of my New Year's resolutions was just to laugh more, to take life more lightheartedly. And just, it's just been so heavy for so long, both of our lives with me going through stuff with my mom and my sister and just us and our yeah. marriage and hard breakups, even before we got married for me and needing to still heal from those sometimes. And anyway, so I kind of wanted to tag that on to some of this. Um, but 
but yeah, just, and that's been another thing that I've, I'm sorry, I haven't even gotten into this other thing I was going to share, but I, that's been another thing I have changed and grown from in these past 10 years is just being able to have a sense of humor, like to sit and watch a show and not get triggered by like, Oh, does he think that guy looks good? I'm just like, isn't he so cute? Like, Oh my gosh, like he's so good looking. Like I have my own little crushes, you know, on the, the flash, you know, not, not the, I don't know, whatever the series of the flashes on not Netflix, something else. But anyway, we both just are like, yeah, you know, it's a, we're able to laugh about things like in ways we used to not be able to. And I actually, I love that idea about fully feeling our joy. And actually Brene Brown, I don't know if you've heard, she has this thing uh, called foreboding that she talks about called foreboding joy, where instead of actually just experiencing our joy, we, we take the things that we should be joyful about and we, start to think about negative possibilities. And so I know that that's something I have an issue with. And so I love, um, I love that idea of just like fully embracing the happiness in the moment and just learning how to do that. I think that's really. And even just with my kids. Oh, go ahead, Sally. I have one Olympic thing. I just shared this with my kids today that, uh, Jessie Diggins, have you seen her? She's a cross country skier. I haven't seen that one yet. Okay. I've read her book. She's so great. Anyway, she is always smiling, just like huge smiles. And it's almost like odd because everyone's so serious in the Olympics. Right. Mm. And she's just like always smiling. It almost looks like while she's skiing, she's smiling. Right. So they show her getting the bronze medal and she's just like, she jumps up and down when she gets on there. And she's like, and she said in an interview, someone asked me, why are you just, why are you like smiling all the time like that? And she was like, I we're at the Olympics. Why wouldn't I be happy? I love that. It didn't matter if she won or not. She was doing that from the moment she got to Beijing. Right. That's what the kind of story was. And the same thing, I, it goes right along with this, like feeling the joy is important. And that's right? the purpose. Men are that they might have joy. Yeah. But Don't a lot forget. of times it's like work on yourself, work on the hard, get better, feel mm-hmm. the hard. Opposition. Just lean into <laughs> it. Yes. But it's like also don't forget, you know. And I You're think you have to be, uh, for me with my kids, I have to kind of be a little bit more intentional about it. Just let loose. Like yeah. this morning, yeah. even this morning, even my daughter was like, what did she say? Like, I can't find my sock or my shoe. And I was like, I guess you're just going to have to hop all day at school, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I just, most of the time we're just busy and like, get your shoes on. And I just yeah. was like, I, it Let's just makes so bit. much better, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I agree. Amen. You're a great example of that. I Danielle. Danielle. Okay. So I was so, so many tangents, you guys, I'm sorry, but the thing I was going to get to after the struggle is Danielle, you were talking about like, Oh, I just want to sit on the couch and veg. And so I was thinking like, you will relate to this because I, it made me think of the very hungry caterpillar. And, (laughs) and (laughs) and so this is the thing is I've had so many things come to me about like the symbolism of caterpillars and chrysalises and butterflies. And um, I'm trying to say it in a way that doesn't sound um, cliche because it's really meaningful to me. But um, I really think we truly, all of us go through the cycle of caterpillar, chrysalis, butterfly over and over and over again, just kind of like we were talking about in previously and just like how we cycle through our learning. But specifically when I'm 
was going to talk about the focus of covenants. I think of like, we actually bought caterpillars last spring and it was so fascinating to watch. I just am fascinated by how nature can teach us. I think it's truly one of those things, how president Nelson said, like God is giving away the secrets of the universe. And I have found so many secrets that he has given away in several things just about nature. But this one specifically was meaningful to me. And it starts with like, And within this community, even in others, and I don't want to say this in the wrong way, I think sometimes people, we just see ourselves or maybe our husbands or others might just be like, I'm a caterpillar. That is who I am. Like, that's, that's me. That's my identity. I'm a caterpillar. And yet God has so much potential. If like he could talk to you and be like, actually, yeah, but you, (laughs) you have no idea what you can become, you know, and who you really are and who you really are destined to be. And I am, I can't wait to take the class in heaven of how like caterpillars are formed into butterflies because it blows my mind. You guys, you watch these little guys, you watch these little guys get fatter and fatter and, um, they, they just, I don't know how they do it, but they form their little chrysalises and it's so amazing how they just turn from that little caterpillar into this thing with wings and they just fly away. Anyway, I think it's fascinating, but the thing that came to me at that time, and it was near the North Star conference was I was just like, oh my gosh, like those little chrysalises that they are bound inside of are so symbolic of our covenants because if we had a little caterpillar that was super slow to get in his chrysalis and I was almost like, should I throw it away? I don't want to do with it. Like it's not growing. It's not getting fatter, but he was just taking his sweet time. And eventually he did. He, he went into that. So no matter how long it takes anybody listening, maybe this is what the spirit's telling me is like, wherever you're at on your journey with God, on your journey with a spouse, yourself, a child, whatever it is, if you don't even deal with this or know anybody that deals with it, you're just listening. Like however long it takes, like there's hope for you in your becoming. And honestly, for me and what I'm learning about covenants, even though I don't understand it fully, I think beginning with baptism, if that is the beginning of our, our taking on Christ. And when we take on Christ, just like that chrysalis, we are binding ourselves to him. We're becoming something new. We take on his name. We take on this change. And it's like every week when we take the sacrament, it's like, okay, like we're, you know, I'm changing, but I'm going back into my caterpillar a little bit, but, Mm. but like we have this ability through this binding thing and, Maybe the outside world sees us as like, you're so restricted, whatever, but it is the very thing that sets us free. It's the very thing that helps us become who we are meant to become. It's the very thing that is the way to reaching our potential. And it's, it's the, it's, I think of Eve and I'm just like, when she says like, is there's no other way? Like, I don't know if there was another way, but to me, what we've learned of covenants, like And what we read in Bible and scripture is there is no other way, but through Jesus. And if this is the way he has made it for us to be possible to, to walk this path, then, then, then the whole point is that it's meant to transform us. You know, it's, it's that quote by, um, is it Elder Uchtdorf? Maybe I can't remember who said like, you know, come as you are, but don't plan to stay as you are. And you are meant yeah. to be changed. You are meant to become, and that's all God wants for us. That's why we're here. <laughs> and so if these things that are, are blowing us across like the Jaredites to the promised land, then, you know, I surrender, <laughs> I guess. And yeah. so anyway, I don't know if, if that all made sense to you, but it's something I oh, feel was, passionate about. I, I, as you were speaking, 
I just like the imagery that you create is so beautiful. Like the way that you envision things is so artistic and lovely. And the way that you see God in the very littlest of things, I'm so inspired, Mary. So as you were talking about the caterpillar, it's just like the way you were described binding. I've never thought of it being so close to me. It's like right? just God's given us a hug. <laughs> yeah. I literally, and sometimes it literally feels it hurts. Like your heart is just being wrapped with God or with Christ, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's so beautiful. Someday I'll write a book on it, guys. We'll see. <laughs> It'll be a great children's book. I have dreams of many books one day. I was thinking, could Mary come out and talk at my kids' baptisms? Yes. Totally. <laughs> hey, I will come anytime. Mm. We didn't even do talks at ours, at our kids' baptisms. Mm. You didn't do what? Talks. Oh, talks. You know what? All you need is baptism, right? I don't I think there were talks at Christ's baptism. Yeah. Our stake was just like, hey, COVID, no talks. Just Oh, gosh. Simple. <laughs> it was simple. so beautiful. And the spirit was beautiful. Yeah. I'm sure. It's funny. I'm sure. I love that. So there's the, there's the caterpillar and the thoughts I had on covenants and yeah, we get to cycle through that over and over. And the cool thing about the experience we had with our caterpillars was that little one that took forever. When he finally got his wings, we took him out in the backyard and this was so crazy, you guys. So we, we let it, we set it free. Um, but he wasn't quite ready to fly away yet. So we grabbed a piece of a, um, it's called Jupiter's beard and we kind of set it on the blossom and the one little tiny branch we happened to pull off all of a sudden my kids are like, what is that on the branch? No, look down. And I kid you not. It was a caterpillar. No, kid you not. I was like the circle of life. <laughs> I've probably seen a caterpillar in our yard. Like twice in the 10 years we've lived there. And I was just like, okay, God, oh there's something gosh, to be said in this. <laughs> I have pictures of it. I can send those. That is so I, cool. I have that's actually really posted cool. on my, my blog post. post that I wrote about. It's so kind of crazy. Eyes that see, I, I don't know. I just have been so touched by the way that you see things. So that's how I find Mary. <laughs> is your, is your blog public? Yeah, I um it's called As Dues from Heaven. So just it was really inspired from when President Nelson talked to us about like how women have things to share, they have voices that need to be heard. And mm-hmm. um I just felt inspired, like, you know, dues from heaven are like inspiration. And I've just I've written so many different spiritual insights on there. And I started sharing it on Facebook, but then I kind of I guess I got sheepish about it because I'm like some of the things are really precious to me that I'm sharing. And there's a few things that I have kept locked that are too precious, like my little pearls. But -hmm. most things I'm like, the more I've shared, the more God's given me. So I was just like, I'll keep sharing. And whoever wants, sometimes it's like one person that reads it. Sometimes I'm like, I send it to my oldest sister or my sisters and my family. I'm like, Hey, you want to read this? And, um, but yeah, I have it. It's on Instagram and, um, yeah, I just share them on there. Whoever wants to can read it. It's public. Um, okay, awesome. But that, but um, anyway, so that's what it is. So little little bits of inspiration, you know, from President Nelson's plea for yeah. personal revelation and all that. But I love that. That's where I, I started it. to keep my writings. So with those feelings that I think all humans come to the earth with, I I struggle with that sometimes of just that dreamer, maybe fantasy. I don't don't know if it's just like that, that love of romance inside of me, but I do sometimes still struggle like that with that desire to be desired and 
kind of that being swept off my feet, you know, feeling mm-hmm. and probably the similar feelings all of us get when we fall in love. And from what I learned through counseling is that that fades for every marriage after marriage, or at least that honeymoon phase kind of fades. Nobody tells you that, you know, nobody's like, yeah, and by the way, that's going to go away, you know? Right, right. And I think there were certain aspects, maybe chemistry wise that weren't as strong that I kind of noticed, but, um, but there were other aspects of our marriage that were stronger than maybe any other relationship I'd had that, that were important to me, you know, the connection Mm -hmm. and the, um, just the fun we had and those things. So there was chemistry, but it maybe wasn't like, <laughs> I don't know, super humongous sparks, but I just think I've allowed myself to blame a lot of issues we've had in our marriage on SSA and not recognize that maybe there's just certain things within every marriage that within that, that take extra work to build that up again. And there's been times where we have done the work to build that up again in that um, attraction, that physical attraction, that chemistry has been even stronger and more deep because of what we've been through. Um, but when I have in the past struggled with this, or even sometimes in the present, um, kind of had these longings, I guess you would say, or maybe they're just human tendencies. <laughs> I So wait, um, I was going to ask you to, to clarify, like what, will you say again, what it is that you struggle with? The struggle of wanting to be desired, to feel wanted. Kind of, yeah, this desire to be romanced. Right. So there's, a, I right. think I talked about the book Captivating. I actually brought it with uh-huh. me. It's by John and Stacey Eldridge. Um, and in it, this is, this is so important to me of sharing this because I think it could speak to a lot of people, but I used to have that and it was just, I still do. It's just part of who I am. And I just, I wanted to suppress it. I was like, Oh, I just long to be romanced. I just, I'm such a dreamer. I, I, you know, we watch all these movies. We grow up with them. We watch romantic comedies or things. And it was painful for me because I was just like, that is not, that's not what I have, or that's not real. You know? And, um, or it doesn't feel like that in my marriage, you know, but, but I compared it to every other marriage, like everybody else feels that, you know, and that's yeah. a lie, right. And maybe there are different marriages that have maybe in my story do have more of that romantical chemistry and maybe they don't have some of the other strengths we do have, you know, but, um, but anyway, the point is, is that I wanted to say is I used to kind of suppress it because, I felt ashamed of it and it was just like, oh, well, that's never, that's not going to just be part of my story. But when I read this book, Captivating, and I probably should have found an exact quote, but I'll just share what I've learned. Um, it, sh- it shared in, and shed light on the fact that God, that that desire to be desired or romanced, especially within a woman, um, and I'm sure it's also in men, It it's just that desire, um, it's to be longed for, to be chosen. That's the deeper part of it. And, um, it's actually a godly attribute because when you read the scriptures, um, we learn that that is part of God's heart too. Like he longs to be desired. She does like our heavenly father, heavenly mother, our heavenly parents long to be longed for. We read it in the doctrine and covenants to love, to love God with all of our heart, might, mind, and strength. And, um, he wants us to choose him. He wants us to desire to serve him. And so I think that gave me permission to allow myself to feel that and to yeah. recognize that, that he will feel that longing within me because he's the one that created it to be that way. Mm. 
And there's other parts of our hearts that it goes into of, of a woman's heart. And there's the men's version of it called, um, I'm forgetting the name of it now. It's by John Eldridge. It's called um, Wild at Heart. Okay. And it goes into men, men's hearts and what their hearts desire and, and what their hearts long for. And anyway, it just, it really spoke to me. And so these desires are godly desires and don't stuff them, but embrace them and, and allow those to be, um, to be present because they will, they will, I think that as we do that, they will find their way to a home. <laughs> and so yeah. sometimes go in and out of that. And sometimes I think in a lot of parts of life, the world will try to fill certain voids we have in mortality. But, um, as we take those to, to God, he will, help us in that. <laughs> so, um, anyway, that's kind of what I wanted to share. Of that's so beautiful. Knowing, I just knowing you were created to feel that. Yeah, it really so, is so beautiful. Well, I was thinking that I recently heard something that said like no one person can fulfill all your friendship needs. Like mm. one person can really fill something like 20 or 30% max. Right? right. And I feel the same for any relationship. Like, your spouse, you cannot expect your spouse to fulfill any of your needs a hundred percent because that's not fair or realistic. Right. So yeah. even the need of being late too. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I just learned that. Right. And so to expect really exactly. And to think like my need to feel wanted and desired needs to be fulfilled by my husband. He is responsible for making me feel that way and for loving me fully. That's not his job, right? But that's the romanticism you talk about is this idea yeah. that this one person someone can... else needs to fill that. Yeah. Right. Right. There's the best quote is I just pulled it up on my redefining romance account, which I hardly ever go. Okay. Into. I love it. I've got to give that account more attention. And I actually created that account a little out of spite of the way the world defines romance because it was bugging me so bad. And, I, and I'm and i such a hopeless romantic. Yeah. That's what I loved watching all the time growing up was just right. like romantic movies, you know? And I, I just got so triggered by them after being married that I was like, this is not what romance is. And I saw not a little, reality. little, and I saw a little um, parts of it in our marriage where I felt that. Um, and one time when Spencer and I were in therapy, and um, the therapist taught us actually the difference between arousal and desire and okay. with our marriages. And maybe this is, sorry, Spencer, but here we go. <laughs> maybe this is <laughs> different in our types of marriages for, for our men who are attracted to male, like physical attraction that is like maybe speaks more to arousal for them. But Spencer, and it was hard for me to hear that, but I, it's one of the most romantic moments I remember being in our marriage. Actually, we were sitting in that therapist room and Spencer just looked at me and was like, but Mary, I desire you. Like I only yeah. desire you. That's what I want. Um, and yeah. it just all of a sudden something clicked in it. Like I like started like getting like um, red in the face and I was just like, that's so romantic. <laughs> like I just was yeah. like, the way he said it, it was so powerful and masculine and just like, stepping into his masculinity and me stepping right. into my femininity. And like, when we offer that to each other, rather than you fill my, you, you need to fulfill my feminine desires. Right. That, right. that, that way works so much better. And yeah. I was going to read this quote that, um, Ty gave in a North star retreat. Yeah, go retreat. For it. Um, I just popped in my head and anyway, sorry if this is going too long. No, it's good. <laughs> it's good. We, 
it's, I can't, I don't know how to d- pronounce the person who said this quote, but it's Adil Palkivala. In we can link it. Or we can it's in Called it Fire yeah. of Love. But it spoke to Spencer and I, but it says true love in a relationship is realized only when two people, each connected with his or her deepest self, unite. Now we have a synergistic, not a draining relationship. We love one another, not because we need love, not because the other needs love, but because love overflows our cup and we must share. Then rather than fall in love, we rise in love. Isn't that beautiful? It makes me want to cry. Gave me the chills. I love it. It's so so rise in love. Rise in love, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Mary, thanks again so much for sharing all those beautiful thoughts. They really are just such lovely, elevated, um, I can tell that they are spiritually guided thoughts and I'm so grateful that you're willing to share them with everybody. Well, thank you for the opportunity. It's, it's healthy to get, um, to get to share the things we've learned. That's the whole purpose of this, right? (laughs) To get to learn and grow. Absolutely. Thank you for being willing. I saved this till the end because it feels vulnerable a little bit and I wasn't planning on sharing it, but then I had this experience just a couple days ago because I have to be real and honest that I, I still struggle all the time (laughs) in my own. It's kind of just been like my little personal crucible all the time. It's my hopeless romantic heart, you know, of just the longings of my heart sometimes. And I've had to take those to God. I've read the Christian book, Captivating, if anybody's heard of it. And it really just talks about how God is the only person that can fill your, your voids, how you when you long to feel desired, um, those feelings don't like push those down. Cause sometimes I struggle with those of like, and this is vulnerable <laughs> to share. And yeah. just of like, I just long to feel wanted and desired and, and Spencer does, but it's just sometimes not in the way I think I have envisioned it since my youth, you know? Right. Um, and, and he loves me in better ways oftentimes, but, um, I could go into stories about that, but I won't. But um, anyway, so I just, I I think I having a brain box, maybe I should share this little part. But when we got engaged, I have this dreamer personality. I served my mission in New England and there's lighthouses there. Spencer served his mission in Holland and there's like windmills. So we have these fun, like my dad used to say like, when to blow you along to the lighthouse. I don't know. But when Spencer was getting engaged to me, he asked my little sister, like, how does Mary want to get engaged? And, and she asked me, I'm like, I've always dreamt of getting in, engaged by a lighthouse. You know, I, oh, <laughs> I'm gosh. a dreamer. So, Spencer, so she's like, so good luck, Spencer. And, yeah. You know, I have these, at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have these yeah. patterns in my life of just like wanting these things so deeply and I'm passionate and I just have these moments and God's just like, yeah, no, but I got something better. I got something better in store for you, Mary. It's okay. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened. So he proposed to me and took me down to Memory Grove in Salt Lake and um had this little candlelit dinner. It was so cute. And um anyway, it was so sweet. And as we sat down, as he was getting ready to kneel down and propose, he's like, Well, I know you've always wanted to get engaged by a lighthouse. And like out of this bush, he pulls out this like wooden lighthouse, this little <laughs> tiny wooden lighthouse. Was like, so here's your lighthouse. <laughs> And it was just like, because it made me laugh, it was just, it was better than the real thing. It was just, it was better than what I wanted for myself. And then, and then he took me on a carriage ride in the rain and, you know, it was still was better. You know, it's just, God always has things. I've taught my daughter that I'm like, when things don't work out the way you want, and she knows this, we've, we've ingrained it in her. 
what what happens when there's something that doesn't work out the way you want and she's like something better is always gonna happen mom god has something better in store and that has been my pattern of my life so but i i'm human and i still struggle with some of the times those those dreams of of what i think i want sometimes and sometimes it's a deep struggle and sometimes it's lifted from me and i do work around it and it just keeps coming back and I get so upset about it. And sometimes I just am like, is this going to be forever? Like, I don't want this struggle for myself forever. And, and in those ways, sometimes I relate to Spencer and I'm just like, I have my own struggle and my own, you know, hopeless romantic things. And anyway, so just a couple of days ago, I was kind of in this little struggle and this pity party around it. And I was just sick of it. And I've learned from Spencer and I do it myself, but I just was kind of crying on my bed a little. And I was kind of struggling with this concussion I had and, and I just was like, I need some Jesus. And I mean, who doesn't love the chosen? So I pulled up the, a clip from the chosen and side note, I got to meet, um, I got to meet the actor that plays Jesus, Jonathan Rumi. And that's a story for a whole nother time, but it was actually a really remarkable experience. I actually wrote about it on my blog, so you can read it if you want. But, um, I just, I always, tend to when I just need to feel connected to my there's something emotional about those shows that kind of brings up that feeling of needing to lift your spirit but also feel your emotions so I just kind of randomly I mean I've seen them all and sometimes multiple times but I just kind of was like I just need a little bit of this and so I pulled up a little clip and um it was just random, but it happened to be when um, Christ comes to the man at the pools of Bethesda and he comes to him and he's just like, I even wrote it down, you guys. So I didn't watch it because it's a little different than it is than it is in actual scripture. But I love that the way that the chosen took some liberty on it <clears throat> and it's still true to scripture. But um, Christ comes to him and he just he's such he's an invalid you know he has these infirmities and he's so hopeless and that's kind of how I was feeling so this was me being the man at the pool of Bethesda and he and I hope this can relate to anybody who just keeps struggling with kind of the same things over and over because this man had struggled with the same thing his whole life and I think he was paralyzed but actually in scripture it just said he had an infirmity mm-hmm. and um sometimes these things have been paralyzing to me <laughs> and paralyzing in the way they don't allow me to keep pro- progressing but but Christ says to him do you want to be healed? And the man looks to the water thinking that this water, this thing that seems like it's going to heal all the burdens, all the struggles, the the voids that he he's had his whole life, the, the things that seem like they'll just fulfill, fulfill you and make you whole. You know, he just looks to the water and he says to Christ, will you take me to the water? Cause that's, what's going to heal me. And honestly, sometimes I thought like, maybe if I was in a marriage that didn't deal with this, I'd be healed of some of the pain <laughs> that I felt, you know, and in my right. struggle. And, and I was just like, that's me. Like I, sometimes I look at the the world or the things that the world has to offer and that seems like it'll heal me, you know? And, and, um, all Christ does in the videos, he just shakes his head. No. And the, the man just, um, he just starts to cry and, He's like, I've tried to get there. Like, why won't you? T-? Like, I've tried to get myself there, but you know, others get in my way. And um, Christ says to him, "That pool has nothing for you, and you know it." And that just like hit me so hard. And I just started crying. 
And I was like, I know, I know that like that has nothing for me. These, these false dreams, sometimes these things I think I want for myself when I go in these places and where Satan works on me and tries to send, send me down these roads. And I, I know those have nothing for me. And when Christ is in my sight, like I know that he's the one. And, and that's exactly what he says to this, this man. He's just like, you're still here. Why? And that was me. I'm like, I'm still here. 10 years, ten, however many years. Like I'm, st- I'm still here and back at it. I've grown a whole lot, but I'm still here. Gosh, <laughs> in this struggle. And the man, he just asks the man, like, why, why are you still here? And the man just starts sobbing. He's like, I don't know. And I felt the exact same way. And I was just like, sometimes that pool seems really, it's like the comparison sometimes of what others seem to have. And it's exciting. And it seems like it's going to make me whole, but, but I don't know why I keep thinking that this other thing will. And, and then he just finally says, you don't need the pool. You only need me. And that is, I guess, my last thought to leave with you of like, we just need him <laughs> and we need our marriages too, to help us get to him closer. And, um, maybe eventually he'll take off some, some of the training wheels when we create our own worlds. But, but that's one of the beautiful things. And then, you know, in the, in the film, Peter's just like, take up your bed. And, and, and they say that in the scripture, take up your bed. And the man says, why is this important that I take this with me? And he's like, cause you're never coming back here. And, um, your everything changes now. And I'm trying to take that to heart. I later on the next, this morning, I was, no, was it this morning? Yesterday morning, I decided to read the actual account in scripture. It's in John chapter five. And, um, I, I was really touched. This was a, a personal thing for me, but for whatever reason in the scripture and John, John decided to include how old the man was. And it said he was 38 and guys, I just turned 38 and what? God, God was like, Mary, you're done. Leave the pool. Like just yeah. leave the pool. You don't need it anymore. Like, but I, it's kind of that comfort. Like, but it's my, it's my comfort. Like it's what makes me yeah. feel those voids and I, I need it, you know, but God's like, no, you don't. So I, it was such a personal thing. And for anybody out there that needed to hear that, that I ne- it needed to be shared. So anyway, that was my personal experience of the pool of Bethesda, you guys. And Ugh. I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you my so testimony. much, Mary. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. That's Thank beautiful. you for listening. I've just needed it so much. And I, it's so, I, it just I helps to me to feel heard. <laughs> well, it's so funny because our last question is, you know, what brings you hope still? <laughs> Drop the mic. We already answered it. So all right, all right. we're done. No, yeah, seriously. I love that. And sometimes we need the struggle to get to him, right? <laughs> yeah. I had so many thoughts while you were talking. I just like open your eyes more and see the goodness of God all oh, around it's you. Everywhere. All the things. It's yeah. everywhere. And you have a great Instagram too with that. I've right? got too many accounts, guys. I too know, many I things. <laughs> Not enough time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to link them all too because I think it's fun to to watch all those yeah. things. So I think thank you for having so much to share. Oh, thanks for yeah. letting me share. I so appreciate it. Yeah.